This is the Master Brewers Podcast, brought to you by the Master Brewers Association of the Americas, a volunteer organization dedicated to continually improving the products and processes of our membership since 1887. Master Brewers brings you interviews with the industry's best and brightest in brewing science, technology, and operations. This Master Brewers podcast is proudly sponsored by Hopsteiner, a global leader in the hop industry focused on quality, sustainability, and innovation in new hop varieties and hop products. Contact our brewery sales team to provide you with the hop-related tools you need to craft your next great beer. For more information, visit hopsteiner.com. Additional support provided by... Draft Lab knows that quality and consistency are your brewery's top priorities. DraftLab provides easy-to-use sensory analysis tools designed to bring your tasting data into action. To start your free two-week trial today, visit DraftLab.com. That's D-R-A-U-G-H-T Lab.com. And I told the RSM, okay, we want to have a lot of black currant. And we want to have a basically fast fermentation. Um, we want to have a lot of um, the honey flavor and we want to have as much Easter's in there as we can. This week on the show, Max Michael talks about how he used RSM to optimize a non-Saccharomyces strain. This episode originally aired in May of 2017. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode that you won't want to miss. For listeners out there who think the Germans are only interested in lager and wheat beer yeast, we're going to change your mind. Max, give us a little background on Torula Spora del Brucki and why you decided to study it. Um, well, John, Torula Spora del Brucki has been uh, studied by quite some uh, researchers for all different kinds of uh, stuff. So it's been uh, investigated for um, beer making. Um, in mixed fermentations, it's been investigated for um, baking bread because uh, it's a pretty good one for actually uh, deep freezing dough with yeast in it and to revive it afterwards. Um, and it's been also investigated for um, wine fermentations as it adds a lot of uh, very fruity flavors to the wine. So um, that was basically um, what we started out from. And there is a publication by Tatraides who started um, actually fermenting beer word with Tola Spora del Brücki because he read something um, from his article. He had read something in Wikipedia about this strain being used in uh, German wheat beer, which um, after really looking deep into literature, I haven't found any real proof of it, and he didn't either. But that was basically the, the pitch for this yeast strain to be used. There's a lot of recent interest, as we all know, in unconventional or, or wild yeast. And these strains haven't experienced the decades of domestication that our Saccharomyces friends have. Uh, therefore, it's not really enough to just find a strain that uh, produces desirable flavors. Max, what are some of the yeast characteristics that require practical consideration before using a wild yeast strain commercially? Well, it really depends on the um, way you want to use it. So basically, 
um, what I decided to was to screen for yeast um, that will completely ferment the word, basically like um, Saccharomyces cerevisiae or Pastianus do. So the main part for me was first to investigate if these yeasts um, will ferment all the sugars, um, basically that Saccharomyces will ferment, so mainly glucose, fructose, sucrose, um, and then of course maltose and maltotriose. Um, that was basically the first part. And then um, there is some literature about um, yeasts and hop interaction. And we really don't know yet if all yeast strains are really capable of uh, growing or fermenting in the um, a tendency of hops. So that was the next point I was looking at. Um, if the yeast will actually perform uh, in the tendency of um, hop alpha and iso, uh, iso alpha assets and then the, um, the last part um, for me was to see how much alcohol they can actually produce from sugar or um, basically i did it the other way around i added ethanol and i looked um, what's the maximum amount of ethanol that these yeasts will grow in so i can basically uh, determine the, the amount of um, ethanol they can produce and therefore for me now was uh, about five percent as i wanted to basically uh, ferment the usual alcohol containing beer okay and you also looked at kind of the you know propagation as well as the um the oxygen demand and that sort of thing too right yes that was basically um the second part after looking for all those different strains um when i found the one that was actually capable of uh doing all this stuff i um just mentioned um i looked at deeper into um the, the actual production of beer with it and there was um then of course first uh, the ability to propagate enough yeast because uh, what i found out in the beginning was that the cells of tola spur del brücki are so so tiny um that you gotta produce a lot of biomass to actually um be able to to ferment in kind of the same way as saccharomyces yeast do just how just so for listeners how tiny in comparison to a normal saccharomyces yeast so the diameter is uh, three times as small so um the total um surface of the yeast is of course much 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 smaller and therefore not as much nutrition can be taken up and of course not as much alcohol can be produced from the basically the same cell amount so that's that's something brewers do they um really look at okay i'll pitch with five million cells per milliliter but um the actual biomass that is being pitched differs from cell size so sure. that's basically um what i looked at and um i wanted to try to um get the biomass right so i can actually speed up the fermentation a little because otherwise it would take forever to uh, ferment the usual beer word. The goal of your study was to find the optimum combination of fermentation vari variables uh, for Terula spora del Brecchi. And to accomplish this, you used something known as response surface methodology. Why don't you tell us a little bit about RSM and why you wanted to use that? Okay, so um, RSM is a pretty cool tool. It um, really cuts down on the trials you got to do because uh, if you um, have such a big variety as I did in my trials um, it would have taken forever to combine all of the different factors 
And what this program does, it um, gives you some main trials that you got to do um, for a certain time. And then the results you get out of them, uh, you can really much um, compare them against each other. And it helps you with a lot of math behind it um, to be able to predict certain um, things that will work. And it tells you the significance levels of it. And from that, basically, you don't have to do as many trials um, as you would have to do um, without it. So it's it's basic. So it's basically um, cuts down on the trials and gives you a lot of information um, with a lot of less um, trials you got to do. Prior to the RSM optimization, you mentioned briefly you you kind of pre-screened about I think it was about ten. Uh, different strains and then you ended up on this one that we're kind of referring to as uh, t9 here what exactly were you looking for during that pre-screening pre-screening process and how much variation did you find between those 10 or so different versions um yeah well i uh, that was um basically my first publication screening for new brewing yeast in non-sex sector with as a model so i uh, screened a lot more uh, than just those 10 total Aspora del Bricky strains, but those were the first 10 I actually wanted to validate, validate my um, screening with. So I, um, as I said, I tried to um, get into the sugar utilization of these strains, and I looked at uh, all different kinds at that time, um, which I cut down now to the main sugars and wort. Um, but yeah, the, the sugar utilization was uh, the main point at first, and I saw um, that there was a pretty big variance in there, and that um, I had actually one strain out of these 10 that would uh, ferment maltose and malt trios, which was pretty cool. But I could I cannot say it's uh, fermentation. It's more utilization, because it wasn't um, at... Uh, it was still at usual, like, uh, oxygen level. Um, so what I did after looking at the um, sugar utilization i actually fermented wort with the um, different yeast strains and i looked at the outcome i looked at the sugars uh, left in the fermented beverage and that way i could also validate basically my screening from before and actually see that one strain the t9 was um, capable of fermenting maltose and malt trios um, what I also looked at was, as I mentioned, the uh, hop resistance. Um, so I added um, iso-alpha extract um, to see if the yeast would grow or if there would be any influence. Then I looked at uh, ethanol resistance um, in between uh, 1 and 10%, basically, um, of ethanol to see if it would grow. And um, I also did a phenolic off-flavor test. Because I didn't want to, you know, produce just uh, another wheat beer um, that tastes like cloth. So that was one of the tests I wanted to actually see if uh, any of these strains would produce any phenolic off flavor. Even though the phenolic off flavor is basically a, a wrong name for it, because it's not really off flavor. It's really liked in some beers. <laughs> Coming up. It was pretty cool that it actually turned out that the cooler we fermented, the more honey we had, the more we, we went up to about 20 
um, 22 degrees, we got a real strong blackcurrant-like flavor. I'm John Bryce, and you're listening to the Master Brewers Podcast from the Master Brewers Association of the Americas. This Master Brewers Podcast is proudly sponsored by Barnum Mechanical, a full-service design build firm specializing in turnkey process and utility systems for the brewing industry. We partner with some of the best craft brewers in the U.S. to ensure the great beer they brew is what their customers get in every glass, bottle, can, or keg. You know beer. We know breweries. Additional support provided by... ABS Commercial is a full-service brewery and parts outfitter. From our Raleigh headquarters to our Denver office, we proudly offer brew houses and fermenters from three barrels and up, yeast brinks, boilers, kegs, chillers, tri-clamp, and other stainless parts, all with the quickest delivery and lead times in the industry. Learn more at abs-commercial.com or call 877-BREW-ABS. ABS Commercial. We are brewers. Here's what's coming up on the Master Brewers calendar. The District Northwest Fall Meeting is in Yakima October 12th and 13th. The District Michigan Quarterly Technical Meeting is October 18th at Coonan Brewing in Clinton Township. District St. Louis meets at Charleville Brewery October 18th. Don't miss the Cannes Seeming Webinar October 19th. The District Philly Technical Weekend is October 19th and 20th. District Southeast Fall Meeting and Technical Session is also happening the 19th and 20th at Tank Brewing in Miami. The Master Brewers two-week brewing and malting science course begins in Madison October 21st. District Rocky Mountain meets at Miller Coors in Golden, Colorado October 25th. There's plenty of other meetings in November as well, so be sure to check out the full calendar of events at mbaa.com for more details or to find a district meeting near you. Now back to the show. So you, you did all this pre-screening. So you you know you looked at alcohol tolerance and and resistance to, to hops uh, compounds. Then you optimized for propagation. You looked at oxygen demand, all these different things, and you end up with this one strain T nine that you wanted to then use RSM to, to optimize the fermentation temperature and pitch rate. So could you give us a rough idea of kind of the ranges we're talking about here for the, the temperature and, and pitch rate that you were evaluating in this optimization? Yeah, so in some pre-tests, um, I wanted to actually, you know, get the range a little bit uh, further than what I used in the actual publication now. Um, but what we saw pretty fast was that um, temperatures uh, below 15 degrees Celsius, um, there was a real, real slow fermentation and uh, even a, a real big raise in uh, pitching rate wouldn't you know, show the results we wanted to have. And so that was basically where we decided, okay, we'll start from um, 18, 16 degrees and um, go up and then um, we also saw that uh, all the beers that we produced in before um, below um, higher than 25 degrees fermentation temperature they all basically tasted the same really whiny and dry and so um, that was where we decided okay we go in between 15 and 25 25 degrees celsius and um 
the pitching rate, we started from 1 million and we went up to 70 million because we thought, okay, six, um, 30 million is the maximum that has been used um, for bottom fermenting beer. Um, so we kind of basically said, okay, we're just going to double that and then see what happens. And um, we saw that even going further and further in pitching rate uh, would help us a lot with increasing the, the fermentation speed. But of course, there was always um, the point where we had to, you know, get a point where we could um, see how much biomass can we produce to actually start the fermentation in a usual propagation, and then how fast our fermentation will go. So that's when we decided, okay, we'll go with um, 50 million to 120 million pitching rate to vary that in between um, those variables to see how that works. Um, that's all we saw from what we saw from uh, pre-tests we did and uh, worked out pretty well. Let's talk about uh, sensory analysis a little bit. Think, you know, things can shift to subjective once, once we get into sensory. It sounds like you guys did all the right things uh, in regards to setting up your, your sensory analysis. But why don't you tell us a little bit about the types of flavors that were being produced by this yeast strain and how you guys decided... Um, what optimal really was in regards to the various flavor compounds and their intensities? Um, so when I started first um, with those non-sacks, um, with actually screening those yeast, um, the T9 uh, was outstanding in the first trials, what all the people said, what they um, tasted from uh, just the usual word fermentation at 27 degrees, as I did before. And so that was when I actually wanted to know what kind of flavors um, the, the panelists taste from the different beers. That's when I started to collect all the different attributes they would say. And so um, when I gave them a beer fermented with T9 in the beginning, um, a lot of them were like, oh, it's wine-like, it's uh, a lot like blackcurrant, and it's a little bit like honey. So, and basically. Um, from all those different um, things I got from my panelists, I put together a list. And um, in the end, when I decided to uh, optimize T9, um, I said, okay, we'll, we're going to go with those main flavors that we saw. So honey-like, wine-like, and uh, blackcurrant-like. And um, that was what I, what I basically just gave my panelists to, um, to grade it. So the, the less, um, you know, in the... In the um, tasting they have to grade um the, the better results i think we'll get and so that was uh, why we choose those characteristics and it was pretty cool that it actually turned out that the cooler we fermented the more honey we had and um the more we we went up to about 20 um 22 degrees we got a real strong black currant like flavor but not like a, a black currant juice but more really fruity fruity berry like flavor and then what we experienced um, before was that when we raised the fermentation temperature, we, we got really this wine-like dry flavor, um, which we didn't like that much in the beer. Um, so I basically, I put in all those uh, responses in the RSM and I told the RSM, okay, we want to have a lot of black currant and we want to have a basically fast fermentation. Um, we want to have a lot of um, the honey flavor and we want to have as much easters in there as we can. 
and the RSM basically um, gave me the optimum uh, combination that I then used in my um, scaled up fermentation to to actually produce the beer and uh, retry it basically or give it to my panelists again and see how they liked it and um, that was how we basically chose the optimal um, combination of those two factors pitching rate and temperature obviously the point of the study was not just to optimize Terula Spora Delbrecchi but also to evaluate just the potential of RSM as applied to any yeast strain. Max, what other yeast do you have on deck for RSM optimization? And, and should we expect um, Weinstefan to become sort of a, a major source of innovative wild yeast for commercial breweries in the near future? <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> but I, um, well, I think German brewers, they're still warming up to the point where um they actually want to use wild yeast um but I, I i screened so far i screened about 400 um, more strains from about um, 25 uh, different species and um, i found about 20 of them um, maybe that i can use for uh, optimization um, and there are some that will come out shortly um, that you can read about uh, that that do crazy flavors and also uh, behave very crazy in fermentations. But I can't talk too much about it because it's uh, being reviewed right now, and I I hope it's will it'll be out there soon. That was Max Michael here on the Master Brewers podcast. Be sure to check out his peer-reviewed paper in the Master Brewers Technical Quarterly. You can get there from the Publications tab or by typing non-conventional yeast into the industry's best search bar at mbaa.com. 130 years ago, Master Brewers was built on the concept of brewers helping each other out so we could all make the best possible beer. That's still true to this day, and it's where a lot of the camaraderie in this industry originated. Master Brewers' award-winning Ask the Brewmasters is the best place to go for troubleshooting, where you'll find the industry's only discussion forum that's moderated for technical accuracy by a team of experts. See what everyone else is talking about at community.mbaa.com. Did you enjoy today's episode? Would you like us to keep making more? If so, there's a really simple way you can let us know. Subscribe, rate, and review the Master Brewers podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. My heart full of rage. Well, I can't get stuck, I can't be losing too much. And then I'm heading out to any other place.